and welcome to another episode of Marriage in a Tightrope. I'm Katie. I'm Alan. And we're still married. We're excited to have you here. We have a lot to get to, but before we get to it, we want to make some announcements. Announcements. Listen here. <laughs> extra, extra. Jeez. And whatnot. <laughs> and whatnot. Okay, so. That'd be a terrible newsie, apparently. <laughs> Just as a reminder, we have had a few people sign up for the workshop on a tightrope. It will start September 24th. That's in conjunction with Natasha Helfert's, the six-week course that we do. And we are excited to start up another group. Uh, we uh, Just a side note here. Generally, um, in the past, we've done it on a Tuesday night and a Sunday night. We have decided to just do Sunday nights, and we will be doing that for a two-hour block at nighttime. We felt like this would be easier for everyone. A lot of people have things going on during the week, and having that time at night at night on a Sunday just works so much better for everyone's schedule. So quick rundown of what is in this six-slash-seven-week course, and we'll get to why it's six or seven here in a second. But just honestly, we can just talk about which weeks are which. So the first week we talk about understanding faith transitions, what they are, what they aren't. Are they unique to Mormonism or the LDS church? Spoiler, they're not. Uh, Week two is communication and intimacy within marriage. Uh, Week three is negotiating the tenders. What's a tender, Katie? Gosh, all the things that are tender to talk about. Garments, drinking, Church attendance. Church attendance. Temple attendance. Baptizing the kids. Media choices. Uh, callings that you may hold. Right. So all of those things that when behavioral changes occur, uh, some negotiation needs to take place. And then weeks four and five, we talk about parenting. And that's not just young kids, but that's um, in, in our groups, we've had... We have had folks that are empty nesters, and they're like, man, how do we approach this with our children who are all in, or some are out, or how do we do this? And then the last week is similar, but those extended family and uh, neighbor slash ward members of how can we keep relationships um, the priority uh, with with this change in our in our marriage and in our faith. Then that bonus, what's the seventh bonus week? Sex and intimacy. I just like to hear you say it. <laughs> you just want to hear me say the word sex. <laughs> yes, and that, that one is is fantastic. So what we're doing is uh, that's a bonus week. And everyone that registers prior or by September 9th will be included in that course at no additional cost. So that is a quick rundown of, of the course. Uh, if you would like to register or learn more, you can go to marriageonatightrope.thinkific.com. That's T-H-I-N-K-I-F-I-C.com. And that's where you can register for the September 2021 course starting September 24th. The other thing that we wanted to mention is for those of you who have already taken the course, which we've had well over 100 and... Yeah, it's like almost 130. 130 couples take the course, whether it be the go at your own pace right. or you are in the workshops with us. We uh, provide an ongoing support 
for those who have taken it. And starting this month, we will be meeting once a month and Natasha will give a lecture about a principle and expound on that, something that you learned in the course. And then just like in the workshop, we have homework and we have a group um, designated and designed for being able to discuss what we talk about. And I think that that's where the magic happens is when you can talk to other couples going through the exact same thing. And a lot of these couples you may already know from your course. So if you would like to sign up for that, we would love to have you. That's also on marriageinatightrope.thinkific.com. On that same page, there will be, there are two links, well, three links that on that page that you can sign up for the September course the ongoing support course, and then the go at your own pace course. So if you are not ready to be with other couples sharing webcams and sharing your personal experiences, all of the content that is produced there, including those um, tightrope in action home exercises uh, are available through the go at your own pace course. We are going to be speaking in St. George on September 12th at the Red Lion Inn at 2 p.m. You can go to our Facebook group for details, or if you have questions, you can email or message us. So this is going to be kind of like our TED Talk (laughs) for mixed faith marriage. For those who can attend, we probably will try to record it and release an episode of it. And... What we would love from all of you is we wanted to gather some data that's not going to be scientific in any way. Jana Reese is not running this. Neither no, is David Hostler. We are not paying a third party group to come and do it professionally. It's just going to be done by us. So uh, if you see that survey in our Facebook group, you can do it anonymously. We would just love to get a baseline for where people are at, are at currently. Um, just some of the dynamics and stats of, of their family. And we would love to get as much information as we can just to make the best presentation possible. Yeah, that would be awesome. We want to, we want to be able to speak from your experience, not just from our experience. So that would be wonderful to have you. Uh, now just for everyone that to know, uh, the September 12th meeting is officially hosted by the post Mormon group of Southern Utah. Uh, but it, Katie and I are the only two speakers. We have uh, a couple who is mixed faith that is going to introduce us, and then we're the we're the only speakers. And so it will be safe for all of those in in a mixed faith marriage. That's right. All right. The last thing is we would like to set up a, a meetup specifically in the Provo area. So we are looking for a host. If you live in the Provo area and would like to host a meetup. For anyone that lives, I would say, you know, Santa Quinn, Payson, Spanish Fork, Springville, Mapleton. I know all of these names because I, from I'm from Utah. Yeah, I'm from Utah County. But if there is someone who would be willing to offer their home to us, will you please message us and let us know? Uh, we've been wanting to do specifically a meetup down there. We've done one in Lehigh. But for those folks who are further south, we'd love to do one down there. So if you're in that area, anywhere in the Provo area, please let us know and we'll set that up. Typically, it's just being able to have a space that fits about 50 people is about average of what we would get up to one of these meetups. Uh, It's a couple of hours of, there's no presentation, but it's just a couple of hours of people mingling, 
Um, it's potluck usually is what we've done is people bring some stuff and eat and talk. And then we go around the circle to introduce each other. And if you don't want to introduce yourself, that's totally fine. But Katie and I are happy to answer questions at that meeting as well. But it's typically uh, get other mixed faith couples that live pretty close geographically to meet so that you can form some friendships. And if you don't want to offer your home, but you have a business or you have a space down there that you wouldn't mind us using for a couple hours, um, that would work as well. So, Yeah. And, and before we get to the, the con- content, uh, I would plea for one more thing or have one more announcement. Uh, and it's tied back to that online course. Uh, many times there are couples that, that desperately need this and the, the pain is acute because they're just getting into this mixed faith marriage. They desperately both want their marriage to work, but they don't know what to do. And they're in big financial need. If you would like to sponsor one or more of those couples, you can do so by Venmoing us at Marriage on a Tightrope. That is our Venmo username. If you put the word scholarship in there, we earmark all of those for, for those couples. Um, those funds never last long because they're typically in, in any given course, there's three or four couples that, that need that support. There have been, it's been higher at times too. It has been higher at times. Uh, currently, we have uh, no couples asking, but we also have no funds. So as soon as there is a couple asking, um, we're going to be in a position where we don't have the means to help them. So if you would like to help, you can send that our way. We'll, of course, accept donations of any sort. But during the course, when we're running those courses, we love to, to take the donations that we do get to put towards those that are going to take the course. Yeah. Okay. Whew, only eight minutes, nine minutes of announcements, <laughs> four minutes for those listening to us on double speed. Uh, so let's get to the main topic of... Let's be honest. Everyone listens to us on double speed. I I don't. I don't listen to us on any speed. I don't either. <laughs> but yeah, I listen to my podcast on like 1.6, typically. Well, I'm, I do it at 1.5 or 2, and sometimes I catch things and sometimes I don't. So, oh well. <laughs> All right, so this topic, Katie, is a lot focused on you. You wrote the agenda, you wrote some of the questions, and let's talk about Katie for the next 30 minutes. So I've seen a pattern. I've seen this question come up constantly to me, and people have messaged me, and people send me emails, and they want to know how I hold on to my faith and stay in the church when there are tumultuous things happening all around. And I'm not talking about in the world, for sure in the world, but specifically in the church, there are things that are just really difficult. And people say, how do you make it work? How do, how can I support a friend who is was so believing and in, and now they say that they're going to be out? This has been like, I think this week it's completely blown up. I think it's been a thread throughout all of the time that we've been doing this. But especially when things are really hard in the church and there's a lot going on um, around general conference time, basically when a leader speaks and something is said that is so deeply hurtful, um, we see a shift for some people. And, you know... I I get this question like how can you not let your shelf break? There are things on your shelf and you know how do I not let my my shelf break when 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 stuff happens, when shiz hits the fan, really? Um 
I, I want to talk a little bit about my role in, in this podcast. So I have always been very, very careful about what I say and what I post. Uh, there's a reason for that. One is that I am very protective for the believer. I'm protective of the non-believer or the transitioner as well. But I am, because I have like such tender feelings to those who are still trying to hold on and believe, I, I feel like a duty to let everyone have their own journey, which means that if I say something um, that would push someone over the edge or if I did something that would be hurtful to a believer, I like, I never want to be in that position. So I constantly feel like I hold myself back from saying things, both, both like positive and negative, because I'm trying to build a bridge between the, the two groups. And up until this point, it's, it's worked really well. So can I ask you this then? Um, if I'm a, if I'm the believer in a, mixed faith marriage listening right now, but I'm a little more nuanced. Uh, let's say that I strongly disagree with the church on certain aspects. Like what about that person? What about, I would say that I'm that person. (laughs) Sure. But let's say that you holding back, like what about if, do you think that there are nuanced believers listening here that don't feel like they're represented because you're holding back? Sure. I mean, I don't, I don't represent everyone, which is why we interview other people. We bring people That's on the podcast to give their point of view. But I mean, Alan, don't you feel like we've always had to like build a bridge between the two groups? Yeah. See, that's, this is the balance that's really difficult is, you know, I, I want to make sure that those that are post Mormon or have stepped away from the church, listen to me and think that, oh, he gets it. He really understands what it is to leave the church. So I have to be able to share some of my experience with that. But at the same time, I don't want to go so far that believers, whether nuanced or orthodox, don't feel safe listening to me. And okay, yeah. Right? That's that's the right word. That's, I think safe because I think it's it's the other way around too. There are plenty of people who don't feel safe listening to you, but there are people who feel safe listening to me because, quote unquote, I'm a believer, quote unquote, I, you know, I'm still in the church. I'm still holding on to my temple covenants. And so that puts me in a very difficult position because not only do I want to be helpful and I don't want to diminish what what people believe, um, and I want them to have their own journey. But I think that as vulnerable as we are on this podcast, there is some some holding back, especially for me, because I really feel like I can't, I don't know, um, express myself in a way that would be authentic, but because it would be hurtful to some people, oh, both out and in. It's It goes both ways. And Alan and I have always looked at each other like, okay, you know, we're going to take sort of like this high road diplomatic route, which we, we have been, I feel like we have been up to this point. And 
the other thing that I hear a lot of post-Mormon husbands or wives say is, you know, I, the reason why my, my spouse will listen with me is because you're a believer and because you are trying to build a bridge in your marriage and with other people. And I, that, that's exactly what we've been trying to do. But when hard things happen and come up, it's really hard. It's frustrating for me because, um, there's just, (laughs) I mean, I think we could fill like 10 episodes with things behind the scenes that just no one knows about that, you know, we've told close friends and we've told, um, really close friends who are in this space about, and that is it. And, There've been some really really hard and hurtful things that have happened to both of us. So you know, it's that's we're not trying to like splash things everywhere. There I would say that you probably only know about you know, 10% of the things that happen happen to us personally from leaders, from church leaders, from um members of our neighborhood, from members of our own group um, that have been, I mean, there's a lot of positive and I think we only focus on the positive, but there has been a lot of negative, a lot. And so, you know, in an effort to try and protect our listeners, we just keep it to ourselves. Yeah. And as much, I don't know if this sounds hoity-toity or not. I haven't heard that phrase used outside of the movie Hairspray in a long time. But the burden of being a public voice, I think that's a lot of what we're talking about. Um, The fact that we've talked a lot about meeting with other couples, uh, that that gives us a lot of strength. And it really buoys us up, especially the first few years of doing the podcast. You know, we're at three and a half years now, which is crazy. But um, we made it longer than a mission president, baby. <laughs> so, oh, this is an eternal mission. <laughs> we got to make it to at least a bishop's terror of reign, a reign of terror, five years. But you know, when there's a dark side to meeting with a lot of couples, is you you hear a lot of really hard stories. And you hear a lot of, of people that have experienced some very difficult things, um, both in the church and out of the church. And that, that weighs on you. Uh, and then you have the fact that your name is out there and church leaders hear that those names and don't necessarily agree with you. So it's, it, it our mixed faith marriage um, is different in some ways than it would be if we didn't hit record and sit in front of a few microphones, which took us a little longer to set up today than it usually does. When we started the podcast, we were just like, oh, this is for us. We we're going to be able to talk and work through things. And maybe a few, a, a few, a handful of people will listen to it. And so I don't think that we really understood the cost of podcasting at the beginning. And even in the beginning of the first year, we were like, wow, this is so great. And holy cow, this is overwhelming. So many people want to talk. But, you know, we were totally up for the challenge. And then as the years have passed, we realized there's been negative effects there have. And we're not here to, to sort of like say, oh, look at us. That's not the purpose here. But, um, I'm setting this up because, as you can imagine, having talked to thousands of people, having listened and been interviewed and 
um, had really contact with some of the most incredible and smart and amazing humans, you would probably change your mind on on some things, on core teachings of the church that you no longer believe. This feels like, a, are you coming out or something? This feels like <laughs> you're about to make, make an announcement. There's no announcement. I What I want to say is that there there comes a time, and maybe some of you are already there, and those that aren't listening anymore have already surpassed this. But there is, comes a time when you become more and more aligned with your spouse. Okay, I'm, I'm talking from my point of view. We'll get to Alan. But there, what happens, Alan? What happens when we start agreeing? Because so much of our mixed faith journey has been about the disagreeing and now what happens when we more and more agree with each other? Right. Now, can I, before I answer that question, can I address one quick thing? Sure. So I think it's important to point out some of the cause of why you've come to agree or the, the, the fact that we're more aligned. And, and more specifically, some of the reasons why some of the reasons why that did not happen, or <laughs> let me just say it like this: Have last couple of years have I been really really pushing you to listen or read to anything and specifically? Okay, in the beginning, in the beginning, there was a lot of pushing. Yeah, there was listen to this podcast read this article. Let me write this 130-page letter to you to tell you all the reasons why I don't believe. And why did that stop, do you think? I, I there's think, not just one reason, but there's well, a few reasons. I think the big reason was you saw that it did zero. It did nothing. That's a huge one. I like dug my heels in. As soon as you started pushing me, I'm like, nope. It's not effective. It's not an efficient... It, it, to this day, it remains inefficient. That's the first reason. The second reason is I feel like you and I have a good relationship and so doesn't really matter what you believe or what I believe we have accepted where we each are and are supportive of the other person yes uh, a subtext or maybe even number three would be similar to that and that would be it's not compassionate to look at your spouse and say I want you to change to be more like me regardless of whether that makes you happier or not, uh, we need to be aligned. So that's that would be number three. It's not a compassionate approach to say you need to change. Uh, now, if someone's exhibiting abusive behavior, that's a different story, but that was not the case in our marriage. Uh, number four, I just forgot, so I won't list it. <laughs> so here's a question for you. Let's Let's go to you first. Has there ever been a time... When you agreed with me or the church on something that maybe most traditional post-Mormons would be upset over. Ooh, turning those tables, are you? So, oh, the turn, ta- oh, the turn, turn tables. tables. <laughs> yes. So I, I think one good example would be pretty early on. And I think a lot of this is personality for me as well. I'm surprised. A little extroverted. But a little easygoing. A little easygoing. I, I decided pretty early on that I was not going to take offense or uh, try to find ulterior motives to people stopping by the house. 
or people pulling me aside in the hall at church uh, to to talk to me about X, Y, or Z. Someone that didn't uh, come over before my crisis now learns of my crisis, and now all of a sudden they're knocking on my door. I decided, and we decided together, like let's just enjoy people, and even if they come over for ulter- ulterior motives or we're on some list, let's just be friendly with the people that are that are here coming over. And I know that that's not always the case in the post-Mormon space. A lot of people are like, I don't want to be part of a list. Like, this isn't genuine. You're, you're an assigned friend, and that's not cool. Look, I, I get it. That's just not how I've approached that situation. And I think that as much as we can, where there's, there's not uh, mental health concerns, for example, uh, I think that as much as we can lean into relationships of people that even people that are being disingenuous (laughs) are potentially disingenuous. Like let's give them the benefit of the doubt and just try to build that bridge. We definitely had disingenuous people (laughs) show up on our doorstep. However, let me tell you this, that we were very open. Alan was honest with them. And you know what? He still shows up at church sometimes with me. And I went yesterday. Yeah, you went yesterday. And guess what? Everyone was, hi, how you doing? No one, I don't think anyone has a problem with it. Well, I think that I've, I've made it really clear who I am. Like you said, we're open with people. Mm-hmm. I think the disingenuous people tend to just fade away if you totally. unashamedly show up as yourself. Like I am, I'm very open and clear about like, hey, I'm the, I'm the not believing even atheist person that still is around and still is going to things to support his family. And that's that's helped my own mental health, not trying to be a, a physically and mentally out closeted person. I'm, it's just, I'm more out. I think that's a good point because maybe some of those who feel like, Oh, I can't talk to the, you know, someone who's atheist or who makes TikToks about, about why the church is wrong. Those people have faded to the background and then really everyone else has sort of just been like a good pal and friend and, oh, so good to see you. What's going on in your life? No one has tried to convince you since. Yeah, it's been a few years since anyone <laughs> has actually actively tried to convince me. Yeah. Uh, but I also, at the time that people were actively trying to convince me, I was trying to actively defend my stance. Totally. And I don't really feel like I'm defending my stance with the people that I'm around anymore. And I saw my former home teacher, home teaching companion, I should say, uh, at the gym this morning. And we bumped fists. And a few weeks ago, I saw him there. And we were like, hey, let's just lift together. So we lifted together. It's just not a topic of conversation anymore. Like people just, I know where he's at. And he knows where I'm at. And we talk. If he, asks, if he wants to ask me any questions, great. I'll answer him. But it's mostly not about that anymore. This goes back to that episode we did last time about time and how time does heal relationships uh, because you become, even if it's just sort of a friend, uh, I see you at church every week, it just becomes less and less awkward. It does. And you have to put in that work though. One of my best friends growing up from high school, um, I felt like he was someone that I could really open up to at the beginning. And I did, and it really hurt our relationship. And Time has healed that wound from those really hard conversations, but the only reason why it has is because we've gotten back to the things that we can talk about without arguing. If I had just, you know, if either of us had just let that fester and not 
come back to the relationship, then time wouldn't have healed. But time has healed. And we don't talk about that stuff anymore. But that's okay. So if you find yourself in a position where you agree with your spouse, and it can be Alan agreeing with me on something that has to do with the church, or it could be me agreeing with Alan about something that was maybe egregious, um, that was wrong. And so what do you do? <laughs> we talk so much about our differences that what do you do when you actually agree? Yeah, when you do agree. Can you, those that are, that are thinking out there right now, your spouse comes to you and says, you know what? This week with some talk that was given or some post that was made, I actually really agree with this. I know that that's how you feel. What is emotionally what's happening within you? Sometimes you can maybe feel super excited like, oh my goodness, it's happening. Well, just here's a few tips. Number one, uh, don't dogpile. When your spouse comes to you, uh, especially in the case where they're expressing deep emotional hurt of like, this really hurt me. This, this talk really hurt and was, was difficult for me to grapple with. Uh, what's, what's the best thing to respond I'm so sorry that that must be so hard. I'm so sorry. Not, I know. And that, don't try to connect it. Okay. So if this person said this, what does that mean about the church? Oh, you think that was bad. Let me show you this. Yeah. Let me, oh, there's a talk in the seventies that was twice as bad. Well, surprise. Every talk in the seventies is <laughs> twice as bad, whether it's in the church or not. And clothes and hair. I mean, <laughs> and food. You can, you Did can... you see what they, bell bottoms are coming back. Oh, oh, I know. It's just anyway. so... I wish I would have saved clothes from like, you know, when I was in junior high because that's what that's what the girls are wearing today. Right. That's true. <laughs> anyway. Well, so that, that would be number one. D yeah. Try to refrain from dogpiling. It got to the point where uh, I think you can lean too far into that where if your spouse asks you questions like, well, how do you feel about this? There you have a decision. To there. there. There you have, our matey, have a decision. <laughs> Sorry. Trouble on the seven seas. <laughs> you, you have a decision to make there where it's, okay, how am I going to open up about this? I know that she agrees with me, but I'm also very well aware that the backfire effect is real. Um, I don't want her to feel like, or him to feel that if I do agree and then you know, add some additional feelings that they don't agree with all of a sudden they're, er, no, nope, sorry, not, I'm not going to go that way with you. So there's, there's the hard decision. There's been times where, where I've said to you, I, I really don't think I should share with you how I feel. I just want to keep hearing how you're feeling about it. Yes. And that has been very appreciated because yeah. I'm, you know, when I have agreed with him and I tell him and then I kind of teeter and I'm like, wait a minute. Maybe I shouldn't have said anything. It's It really is a tough position for both of us to admit, oh, hey, I might agree with you. And this is my next number two piece of advice is don't let the decisions of those around you push you into doing um, something you or into a direction you're not willing to go. Okay, what so... You, yeah, what do you mean by that? Yeah, let me, let me give you an example. So... It's pretty common, right? If you are in a group, I'm going to I'm going to speak from experience. Let's say I have a a group of Marco Polo ladies, okay, that I talk to, and we're all in similar positions. And something happens and someone says, "That's it. My shelf is broken. I am not I'm not I'm done. I'm out." Right? Or you have someone else that's like, 
you know, I'm going to dig my heels in. This is, this is, I don't agree with it, but you know, let's, if we look at the context of what this person was saying, I th- I'm sure all of you can understand what we're referring to. I'm not going to outright say it, but it can cause within yourself you to think like, oh gosh, maybe I, I agree with her, but I'm not willing to be out. I'm not willing to, I don't want to leave the church yet. And the other one, you're like, oh, I agree with her, but wow, I'm not, I'm not really willing to like, I, I, maybe I should, or maybe I should, maybe I should go to the temple more and I need to pray about it more or, you know what I mean? And maybe that doesn't feel genuine to you. So my advice is do what feels genuine to you. If you truly feel like you agree with your spouse and that's going to take you in another direction, well, if that feels good to you, then that's that go that way. If you feel like you agree with church leaders and and you think like, oh, this is actually I'm I'm going to build my testimony and that feels genuine to you, then go that way. But I think that it's easy to like look all around you and say, oh my gosh, look at all these people leaving or oh my gosh, look at all these people giving these faithful insights. Um and 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 you feel within yourself turmoil of what you should do. No action has to be made. Like you can have patience and study it out and think about it and decide what's best for you. And what's best for me is not going to be the same for anyone else because we all come from our own paradigms. We all come for our own, from our own experiences and that is okay. So it's best to honor everyone where they're at, but I don't think that people should feel pressure to do something that they're not ready to do. And no decision is final. That was well said, by the way, Katie. I like that a lot. But no decision is final. Like if you came to me today and said, I'm not, I'm going to stop attending church for the next month or not even giving a timeline. Like I'm not going to go to church anymore. And then two months from now, you're like, you know, I really miss it. I feel like spiritually I'm hurting. Um, I, I'm going to go back. Like, I don't feel like that's you flip-flopping. I don't feel like that's you. Um, I feel like this is, this is a journey there. There is no predefined destination here. So you can go back or try things and then change your mind later. And it's the same thing for me. Like I have stopped attending church for a while and then decided I can go back and, and I'm okay with going back. I'm okay with staying home even today. Like I'm fine staying home. I In fact, if I'm not there, that's what happens. Right. Like when you had your surgery, you were, you were out of the, out of the, or in bed for almost three straight weeks. And did I get up and take the kids to church on those Sundays? No, nope. no, I did not. And I, like, I'm totally fine with that. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that this is not a final thing. Um, really very few decisions are final and you can really, um, with good communication, right? I'm not going to be hurt by, by you needing to ramp up for your own personal you know, spirituality. Right. Any sort of activity within the church. So I'm good with that. Yeah. And well, let's, the last thing, the third thing that we wanted to talk about is, you know, you can decide when or if you want to share with others. This is such a personal thing. You do not need to share with anyone. And you have to decide what those boundaries are. But, you know, I think that 
it's really hard if you go to a family member and you say, wow, well, I actually agree with my spouse on this because all of a sudden you're being influenced, you know, you are making bad decisions. That's how the family member or friend can see it. And and then I could be looked at the spouse in my position and be like, you are tugging and pulling and you finally wore her down. Yeah. When the the reality of the day-to-day is like, I'm not pulling or pushing on you. Right. I'm supporting you in whichever way you need to go. And nobody is privy that to that information except for the couple. Like right. if I, if if I were to make some big decision, it would be very difficult to explain to anyone how I arrived at that decision, because we've been in it for years. Or it could be something else. You know, why did I change from cow's milk to goat milk? Whatever it might be, um, just be careful and decide if that's something you want to share or not. Uh, because that can have ripple effects on relationships. And if you want to keep some of those relationships, um, you need to decide how forthcoming you need to be. You don't need to be forthcoming if that's not in your nature. And if it's something that you feel like is private, you should absolutely be able to keep it private and set those boundaries. A lot of times this topic of conversation will come back around every few months. Like you said, towards the beginning, I think we can kind of wrap it up with this topic, but towards the beginning, you mentioned there may be a talk at general conference or something that spurs this line of thinking. And you know, this last week has been one of those moments where things have been very heavy. Depend, I, I think I said heavy, heavy, depending <laughs> uh, due to some talks that have been said, some, some words that we don't agree with that um, have elicited reactions from people on both sides of belief that really <laughs> shine a light on a mixed faith marriage to say, like, how are we going to handle this? How has this week been for you, babe? <laughs> it's been hard. Uh, I've seen people double down to support their leaders. I've seen others whose shelves have broken we have and you're talking people that we've been friends for three years yeah and this was the straw that broke the camel's back yeah and there's no judgment when i say that by the way for either it group. won't change our doesn't change or thoughts or no doesn't doesn't change for either group i'm just saying what i've seen um alan's made tiktoks about it this week um there have been many that i've seen have tried to build bridges between uh, the really, really strong feelings on both sides. And I've actually really appreciated those people because I feel like that's where the work is done, mm-hmm. is is those who are, are trying to bridge that gap. But when when I look at all of this, I I have really wrestled with, well, where am I on on all of this? Where am I in all of this? And what can I do? Because I don't want to necessarily be complicit. Um, And, you know, a lot of times when Alan posts things, I'll say to him privately, hey, I agree with you. Also, there are things that I say, hey, I actually didn't like that. (laughs) We talked about that in the last episode. We talked about it in the last episode. And look, I think that there are a lot of voices out there. And... I, I I just, I've definitely struggled this week because I'm trying to decide what voice 
what is it, what voice is it that I have that I can use? And I've always been a bridge builder. That's like the whole point of this, this community and this podcast. Um, having said that, there are things that I a hundred percent agree with Alan on. And this week, Alan and I have been on the same page as far as, you know, what's transpired. And it also goes back to the very minuscule things that people in our community see us doing. And, you know, we are constantly talking to those who are on the fringes, who feel like they've, they've been abandoned. They feel um, they have strong feelings and that we can see are hurting. And it's so hard to take a hard stance, you know, when you have so much empathy and love for everyone, you know, but I think this week, um, Alan and I are standing together and that's not something that I can, I can post about. I don't feel like I can. And it goes back to what we said in the beginning where I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying really hard, but in, in the ways that everyone loves to listen to me, it also creates this sort of space where I can't share what I want to share. I feel some just turmoil inside of you. Well, yeah, like I feel silenced sometimes. And I I think that there are a lot of really good voices out there. And I think, well, I'm not one of those, but. It's it's just been it's hard it's hard not to be able to express freely um, for all the reasons I gave at the beginning, but having said that, I mean I can say that after this super crappy week, um, Alan and I are just we're right at the same page, and it doesn't scare me. It used to scare me when I started to agree with some of the things he said. And, um, and now it doesn't because I don't feel pushed into doing anything. I don't feel like I have to make a decision. I don't feel like I have to tell people this. It's just, it's for me. So I don't know (laughs) if anyone is listening that, you know, wonders why I don't speak out more freely. You know, I hope you understand why. I also want those of you who support church leaders and are fully, active in, um, know that it's okay that, you know, if you still support leaders and you don't feel as strongly as, as others who voiced that this week. And I mean, there is space for all of us and we still have love and empathy for everyone. And so that's why it just makes it double hard. Uh, I'm glad that you say you don't feel pushed or pulled. I, I know that it's important to say these things every so often so that they're heard. So I want to say something to you that I know on this particular topic that we are aligned, that we are agreed. Um, there is zero part of me that, that hopes or wants this topic to, to push you to doing or stopping participation in the church. I don't look at this topic as the reason why you participate or don't participate 
in the church. So, you know, there was no part of me yesterday that felt like you were going to, or I was hoping that you were going to say, you know, in defiance, I don't want to go. Um, I, I truly do believe that, that you and accept that you participate for your reasons. And as long as those reasons remain yours, you're going to continue to participate when that changes. And if that changes, that's going to be on your own time. I think that's a good point for anyone listening. If you feel like you can't participate anymore and they're your reasons, then go for it. I mean, that's your choice. If you feel like you can still participate and hold space and you don't understand, and there's a lot of things that are really hard for you to understand, well, guess what? There's space for you as well. And you may not feel like it, but there are so many of us in the same position dealing with the same things. And for me, it's always been about community. It has. And we went to church yesterday because... You know, a friend of ours texted us and said, "Hey, it's our it's our daughter's farewell." We and they're very good friends of ours, and I'm glad that they reminded us. But we were there to support them because we love them. Right. And and so for me, it's always been about community. It's always been about service to those who live in my community and neighborhood. And I have really beautiful friendships that I've formed with the people here. And, you know, I think at the heart of it, at least for me, um, they are they are seeing their life in a certain way and they are living their best life the way they know how. And so I honor that and it and it doesn't hurt me um, to support them or love them or serve them. And so that's why I'm still around. You're cool. I like you. Oh, this is a hard, this is a hard episode. And I'm sorry that we just were alluding to so much. It's, you know, well, I, we, I know that we didn't come out and, and say things, but also like, I hope all of you know that every time we, we say stuff, like if we, like when we are specific, like we, we long-term get hurt, I get hurt. And there's not much more I can say about that, but. Um, there are major consequences in the church for, for speaking out or saying what you, um, being like a public figure and saying how you feel there, there have been consequences for me. So that's why we, we aren't like so (laughs) upfront about everything. Capitalize the, the letters of this following sentence let's go be the questioners in all things capitalize those letters uh question why you're in this with your spouse how you can support your spouse um what what you're trying to get across in this space with your own words and actions and so every so often you have to i have to do it i'll just say this every so often i have to look at what I'm doing in my community uh, with Katie, with my kids. And is that part of my, my goals is, am I saying and doing the things that, that my goals that I've set um, are trying to accomplish? So let's go be the questioners in all things. Did you get that? Did that make sense? Yeah. 
Thank you, everybody, for I'm just wa- wiping listening. the snot yeah, out wipe. of my... You wipe the snot. <laughs> I'll just finish the podcast. <laughs> That's all. If you have any questions or comments or you want to send us an email, please do so. I, we are open for criticism. Believe it or not, we've we've received quite a bit. And so, um, you know, it's nothing new to us. If this was hurtful or helpful or... You know, we just want to hear from you and we really like only do this because so many of you are going through the same thing. Right. And it may be, we may be in a different place than you are. Maybe you listened to the first year and a half, two years of episodes and that was like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I needed because that's the space I was in. And now you listen to some of our later stuff and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. That is not the place I'm in. Look, we get it. We've been able to do this for three and a half years and we've been able to sort through this and you're still sorting through it by binge listening to the episodes. And what are you sorting through? If there's a topic that you would like us to touch on, uh, please uh, reach out. We can touch on it or one of the, we can ask uh, the couples that we're interviewing. We have a few interviews set up. We can ask those couples how they've sorted through the, the things that you're still uh, concerned about or, or working through. So email us those questions at marriageinatightrope at gmail.com. We hope to see you in the course with Natasha Helfer. We hope to see you in St. George. We hope to see you in the Provo meetup. <sighs> we hope to see you on our front front porch just knock on our door 63 for i'm just kidding i can't tell you though how many people have just shown up on our porch it's true which is or which sent is, us something or it hasn't been totally out of the blue so it's been no. nice it's been nice nothing creepy which is good not yet <laughs> <laughs> there's still time thanks everybody we'll see you on the next episode it's done. we're gonna see that it was better that we grew up together Tell me you don't want to leave Cause if change is what you need You can change right next to me When you're high I'll take the lows You can ebb and I can flow We'll take it slow And grow as we go